0: Uh, We're reading from Ephesians 5, 15 to 21. If you feel an amen coming, you can agree with me. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit addressing one another as the worship team just did in psalm and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to your to the lord with your heart amen giving thanks always and for everything to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ tough part submitting and that's not scripture by the way Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the word of God.
1: Thanks, brother. All right, well, good morning, everyone. This is the first time and the only time I would wish the basketball rim would be up. All right, so the, like you'll never hear me that, say that ever again. I love shooting baskets. I love playing basketball, and, but this is the one time that I would, I would wish the basketball hoop would be up. Well, join, well, uh, excited to be here with you. My name is Jer. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and, and like uh, Dale welcomed you, welcome again from me, uh, warm welcome to you. If you're new here, we're going through the book of Ephesians right now. We're in chapter five, as you heard, uh, just read by Tim, and uh, we're excited to uh, walk through this text with. With you, and so if but if you do not have a Bible, we do have Bibles at the back welcome desk, and we'd love for you to grab one of those. That is our gift to you, or you can just go simply to ESV Bible app and follow along uh, with that. But let me uh, let me uh, pray for us, and then we'll jump in. All right, Jesus, I thank you so much for your grace for us. I thank you for your love, uh, your mercy, um, your passion. Uh, You're laying uh, yourself down for the sake of our lives. uh, Paying for our sin, redeeming us, uh, sealing us with your Holy Spirit, guaranteeing our redemption. Jesus, there's so much to be thankful for. Um, And so I just pray that as we uh, walk through uh, your text of scripture here in Ephesians, uh, Lord, that we'll be reminded of uh, your goodness and your grace in our lives. And so I just pray that you will open our hearts, that we will be able to see who you are really clearly, that we will see your loving uh, demeanor, your, your grace, your mercy, and um, your forgiveness for us. And so I just pray uh, for this uh, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, <clears throat> I went for a walk the other day with a really good friend of mine, um, that's turning into a really great friend. I, I really love this man. Um, and so we walk to a school track, actually, and, and we got to the track, and uh, he looks at me and goes, Okay, now turn around. We're going to walk two laps backwards. And a reminder, we're at a school track, and so these two old guys walking around a, la- a track backwards is a little bit uh, weird to say the least, but there's great purpose in why we would walk backwards. Just like Paul in our text this morning is reminding each one of us, there is great purpose in how we walk. Uh, Look again in your Bibles in verse 15, it says, uh, look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully then how you walk. So as I was walking backwards, um, I'm not sure if you've ever tried this before, but Maybe you can try it later on, but as you walk backwards, you, you pay attention to every little step you're taking. You take care of your balance, you, you, you are really aware of how you pick up your leg, where you place your foot. All of these things are incredibly important, and my steps became thoughtful and actually smaller as I was doing this. And I noticed that it was the intentional little steps that got me safely to my destination, this passage isn't talking just about the action of walking, but Paul is actually using something we often don't even think about. Like I'm sure I, I watched actually some of you walk into here and you weren't thinking about your next step. You were just simply doing what you've always done and walking forwards. And you don't think much about it. But my like my friend had me walk backwards, it made me think... Uh, intentionally about every step I took and Paul, likewise in this text, is asking us to intentionally think about how you are walking. So before we get into the text for today, I want to give us a really brief and quick overview of what we've covered over these last six months in this book of Ephesians. So chapter one, we we talked about we are spiritually blessed and sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. It was an amazing chapter, chapter one. Chapter two, we talked about that we are all sinners saved by grace through faith as a gift from God and built into a dwelling place for him as a unified family in his eternal kingdom. Another amazing chapter to go through. Chapter 3 talks about the mystery of the gospel and how it unifies all who have received the grace of God by faith, both Jew and Gentile, Gentile alike. And we, we named these first three chapters the wealth of the gospel. And I even took this diagram, and remember a teeter-totter-like diagram, and that was the comforts of the gospel. All things that you had really nothing to do with, and the, that was the wealth Of the good news. But there's two sides of the gospel, and the call is what we're in now, and that's chapter four and five. And chapter four, we were reminded and, and encouraged to walk now with humility, to walk with humility, with gentleness, with patience, and an eagerness for unity, like speaking truthfully with kindness, tenderness, and forgiveness. What a way to walk! In chapter 5, and we're still in this, we're halfway through this chapter, but we hit and we touched back on chapter end of chapter 4. We talked about how God forgave us. God forgave us everything. And even as we sang, from the east is from the west. far as the east is from the west. Right? Like, how do you measure that distance? Like, some have said that you can actually measure the distance north-south, but you can't measure it east-west. And he forgave us. And he actually loved us and laid his life down for us. And we are called to, at chapter one, or verse one of this chapter, to imitate him in this. Imitate his forgiveness. Imitate his love. Imitate his laying down of his life for us that we might do the same for others. But also the call to those worshipping, like worshipping sensuality and impurity and covetousness to repent of those things. To repent and, and receive the free gift of grace. And we also talked about just the, the contrast of, of this chapter, the many contrasts actually through this whole book. Like the contrast that we saw in verse one, it talks about beloved children. And then if you see in verse six, it says sons of disobedience. So already we're seeing a contrast of uh, a loved, beloved child to a son of disobedience. And then Jordan last week talked about light and darkness. To flee from the darkness, to be in the light of Christ, and then here the Paul continues the contrast with walking in wisdom rather than walking in foolishness. So there's contrast throughout this text, um, and Paul, like I said, is continuing this contrast for today. And so you can actually break down this passage that we've read, fifteen through twenty-one, in multiple ways. But if you notice, there's actually three sentences. In this, in this little section. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take the three sentences and have three points. Really simple. So you can see it on the screen there. The first point is 15 and 16. That's the first sentence. And it's that walk, time is important. The second sentence, walk in the will of the Lord. And the third is walk being filled with the Spirit. So let's look at the first one again. Just take your eyes and look at verse 15 and 16 with us. Time is important. It says this, look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days days are evil. So right of the gate, we're seeing two instructions in this passage, two instructions, and then reasons for the instructions. And so I don't know about you and how you read your Bibles, but what I do is in the, in the border of the, of the Scripture, I'll, I'll usually write a little I for instruction, a W for warning, or a P for promise. And right now we have two I's going on here. We have two instructions and reasons for those instructions. And the first instruction is, is walk, walk, be careful of how you walk right? And the second instructions is be careful of the time you use. And there's reasons for those, right? Because you can walk unwisely and you can walk with wisdom. You can walk foolishly, you can walk with wisdom. And the second instruction brings use your time wisely and that's because the days are evil. And so we have reasons for these instructions. And walking unwisely would be repeating the things we have already read over the last few Sundays, going back into chapter 4. That's why I gave you a little bit of an overview. But if we go back into chapter 4, we see sexual immorality. We see impurity. We see covetousness. We see crude joking. We see lying, anger. And so all these things that uh, Paul is reminding us He's setting up to show us that these are ways that we walk with foolishness as fools, essentially. And we know this, right? Like it's not rocket science. When you engage in sexual immorality, when you engage in purity, when you literally what talked about in chapter four, if you remember that you're greedy to practice it, like literally greedy to practice these things, uh, you are playing the fool. And we can't ignore that around this world, right? Like we're seeing this all over the place in our world today. And the outcome of these evil things that we practice that God is warning us in is brokenness. There's causing of disunity. Interpersonal relationships are fractured. So church, we need the lens of the scripture more and more as the days draw near to Jesus' return and heed the warnings that Jesus is giving us in these texts of scripture in how we are to walk. So when I was growing up, I'm not sure, uh, there's many here probably similar age or even older, like my good friend uh, that's sitting in here as well. Uh, But but he, uh, I'm not sure if you remember, but I went to public school, that's why I'm not very smart. So I went to public school all my life and, and in public school, in grade one, I will never forget this, that I would enter into public school in grade one, and my teacher had over the chalk, you guys know where a chalkboard is? All right, chalkboard before the whiteboard came out, just chalkboard is really fun to play with. But over the chalkboard, there's this saying, and the saying was actually out of Matthew chapter six, it was the Lord's Prayer. And the teacher led us in public school made us all stand and repeat the Lord's Prayer and then pray for us every morning. I can't name to you many teachers that I grew up with, but I remember Miss Anderson. She was amazing. She walked wisely. I also remember, like, on Sundays, I'm not sure if you remember this, too, and you kids, you, you won't have a concept of this, but Sundays, everything was closed. Everything was closed, except restaurants, of course, because the Christians filled the restaurants on Sundays. But if you remember this, back, those of you who remember, but if you don't remember this, you can think about it. Like, what would that make you do? Like, what did that make you do? Dale introduced community groups again today for us, and if you're not signed up in a community group, it's incredibly important, but it made you draw into community. There was nothing to do. Like if you're a teenager growing up there, it was great, especially living in Alberta like I did because you learned how to do a donut, right? You'd go to the shopping mall and and there's a wide open parking lot because no one was there and you just start spinning donuts. But it made you be together. It made you eat with your family. Like literally, I'm not sure if you've tried this concept, but actually sitting around a table and fellowshipping around a meal and inviting people over And having something that we called FOSPA. And enjoying each other's company. There is no busyness. Because there is nothing to do. Everything was closed. And we fellowshipped, And we had community. And we loved on each other. And we played games sometimes the whole day together. Just hanging out as a family. It was a beautiful time. But think of our days now. Think of the distractions that we have. Think of how we are living right now. Like on Sundays, we try and jam in everything that we couldn't get done during the week. So now Sundays are those times. And I'm guilty of it too, running kids to sports and running to the mall, running to Home Depot, picking up that thing that you need to grab because I couldn't get it done Monday through Friday. Really ignoring the one command that God has given us to obey the Sabbath. See, Paul is in a similar culture right now while writing this book to the church of Ephesus. So you remember there was cult prostitution, a sexualized culture, money was a huge influence and the worship of false gods, but this city was a, was a busy hub. Busy hub of business and culture and many, many distractions. See, this call to walk in wisdom isn't just in Ephesians, but it's actually throughout the Scripture. Over and over, you'll see it. It's a massive theme throughout the Bible. Here's a couple of verses that I've pulled out. Proverbs 1 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, desp- fools despise wisdom and instruction. They despise it. Think about that. Like, slow down and actually just think about that verse. Despise instruction. To instruct someone. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is an insight. James 1.5 actually goes as far as, like, hey, if you lack wisdom, pray for it. God gives you a little bit. No, God gives you generously. God gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. And then I want to encourage you to write down Job twenty eight twelve through 28, just jot it down read it maybe in your, uh, in your community groups this week. It's a great passage of wisdom of what it is and what we ought to seek for. But the last verse, it's really easy to remember Job twenty eight twenty eight. It says this, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. To turn away from evil is understanding. Sound familiar to our text today? Again, the personal call to each one of us. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. So the application of this first instruction that you can further discuss in your community groups this week or if you're not doing anything today, sit around the dinner table or the lunch and have some soup and grilled cheese classic Sunday meal and talk and ask questions like how are you walking are you walking in wisdom or are you walking in foolishness like be open and honest with one another it's only going to hurt you if you remain unhonest like speak truthfully we talked about that in in chapter 4 Like what little steps, like think about it, little steps are you taking that is unwise, that actually will take you on a trajectory really far from the Lord, or are you taking little steps on a trajectory watching how you're walking towards Christ? Like what little steps are you taking right now? They may not be big. They may seem very insignificant. But be honest. Invite others to help you see clearly. And remember last week, Jordan preached on the light and the darkness. In verse 8, you can look at it. It says, walk as children of light. Again, with this walk language. Walk as children of light. In verse 1, two weeks ago, when I preached on verse 1, it says, like, uh, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God as loved, as beloved children. So walk as children of light. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Now in verse 15, walk not as unwise but as wise. So to begin to tie this together, we are called to forgive one another. We are called to love one another. We're called to lay ourselves down for one another just like Christ did for us. These are the little steps of walking that we are called to do in this chapter. In this verse. Or... Are you going to live as disobedient children, as verse 6 says? Or are you going to live in the darkness? Or, in this chapter or in this section that we're walking through today, or are you going to act the fool? Two choices. Two choices. Remember, no one here is perfect. We all see dimly. That's why we need community. We need it. We need to open up and share with one another the things that we are battling with so others can see inside and help you along the walk. So, like I turned and began to walk backwards with my friend and paid very close attention to every movement of my body. Oh, man, may we, church, may we be more aware this week of what we are craving how we are walking towards? What little steps are you taking? Are they leading you towards enslavement in sin, or freedom in Christ? May we be challenged today and changed. Our sentence continues giving us the second instruction. It says making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Paul has given us such a low bar example of how to imitate Christ here. Low bar example right? Like, your time is valuable. It's valuable, right? Like, you all know that. Your time is valuable, right? We actually, some of us charge for our time because it is valuable in our workplace, right? So, so before the face of God, how are you using your time? We know our time is valuable because what we do with our time, we, obviously, that is what we value, And you can't ignore it, right? Like when you think back on your week, the reason you did the things that you did was because you valued that. And if it was nothing, you valued doing nothing. That's what you valued for your kingdom. Right? Like we're all kingdom worshipers. We worship some kingdom or one kingdom or another. And so our time is valuable and is a telling of what we value. So looking back on this week before the face of God, like what did you value? Did you value work, time with your family, Jesus, your neighbor, you? Like my needs, my wants, my desires? Like These are hard things to work through. This was a hard week of me prepping this because I'm challenging myself on all of these. Man, it's telling when you start actually diving in and looking at what you value. So we all need to evaluate the time we spend. God is calling us to it. I've mentioned before uh, a mentor of mine. I love this man dearly. He's he's 86 years old. Like when an 86-year-old talks, you need to listen. Okay, so they've lived life. All right, they they have lived life. They're they're close to heaven. All right, I always bug him. He's got one step, one foot in the door. And he's trying to pull it out all the time because he, he, he says there's, not, there's more work to be done. Love that. You know, when we get together and we hang out, uh, we always have the Bible open and his Bible is literally covered with ink. And you know what he says? And we mourn together this. He, 86, me, 49. And we go... I wish I had more time with the word. And then when an 86 year old says, one that is literally filled his Bible with ink goes, I wish I had more time with the word, you need to listen. And he says, I wish I knew this. And I wish I did more of this when I was 40. I wish I did more of this when I was 50. I wish I did more of this when I was 60. I wish I did more of this when I was 70, and now I'm here, I wish I did more of it now. You need to listen to a man of 86 that loves the Lord and challenges us like this. He's such a blessing to me. See, those are sweet times. And there's, there's moments of sweet times in the scripture. Like, remember Moses. Remember Mo- Moses, like he had, he, he had the opportunity to be in the presence of God and God called him to that and that is essentially the word of God. Like you're absorbing into the presence of the Lord. And those were sweet times with him and he wouldn't spend any other time if he had that opportunity than to be with the Lord. Or you have Daniel commanded by his government not to pray, but he knew the time he spent on his knees was the sweetest times for him. Even though the government was telling him, if you pray, you're going to the lion's den. And he's like, you know what, it's worth it because I get the sweet time with the Lord. Or you have Paul in prison who wrote letters for us all to learn from, from gave of his time that the readers of these letters like you and I, might see the sweetness of Jesus. Or you have Jonah from the belly of the whale spent his time praying and seeking reconciliation with God the Father. Or you have King David spent much of his time writing psalms to sing to the Lord. This basketball hoop might be in the way, but you have the cross. And in a couple months when we're finishing up the book of Ephesians, we're gonna enter into an Easter Easter series. And we're gonna talk about the cries from the cross that Jesus made. The things that he said, Jesus spent his time forgiving his persecutors, caring for his mother, and paying for your sin and my sin, all while nailed to the cross. Friends, we have to pause for a moment and just go, man, what time am I spending? What time am I spending? Church, the days are evil. The days are evil. Have we made the best use of time we have been given? Are we being aware of every step we're taking? Of how our leg is moving, how our balance is? What are we balancing our faith in? Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of time because the days are evil. Our second sentence in point is uh, walk in the will of the Lord, verse 17, second sentence here. It says, therefore, do not be foolish. Why? Because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I'm not sure if you remember, but in chapter 1, verse 11, we talked about the will of the Lord, and it comes with two forms. Remember, I had all of you stand up, and you did perfectly, and I had you all sit down, and you did perfectly, right? There's two forms. One form is the decree, the will of decree, and that is the sovereign decree of God, and so when God says something, it is going to happen. You, you cannot thwart it, right? To use the word thwart thwart is amazing, all right? So you can't, you can't stop the will of decree, right? That's the sovereign hand of God. So when he says something, it's going to happen, but there's also another form, and that's the will of command. That's the standing up and sit down. You could disobey me in that. Just like we could disobey God, the will of command, do not lie. We've all broken that one. That's the will of command, right? So we've all broken the will of command of God. Now, is it wise to break the will of command? No, that's unwise. That's unwise action. But it's, a, it's wise action to obey the will of command. And so Paul here is reminding us here in this text that there is a will of command to be wise, not to be a fool, to walk carefully, to use your time wisely because the days are evil. Again, you have a choice. We all have a choice in this. Are you going to do this or not? To walk in wisdom, the little steps, or walk unwisely in little steps away from Christ. So let's think about this. The will of command gives you a choice, obey or disobey, but like we saw in 15 and 16, two instructions for our good. We have another instruction here in 17 as well. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. There's many faithful and longtime Christians here. Where would you take people if they asked, hey, where would I go in the Bible to find the will of the Lord? Think about it. You don't have to answer, but where would you take them? It's actually everywhere in scripture when you start thinking about it. Here's a couple passages. Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? What is the will of the Lord? To do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God. Sound familiar to our Ephesians passage? Passage. Walk humbly. Forgive one another. Justice. Love one another. Or you could uh, look at Luke ten twenty seven, a familiar one. It says this: You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. The will of the Lord, to love God with all you have and to love your neighbor. Or you could go to passages like Romans 12, 9 through 21. It gives you a long list of things, all very similar to our passage today. I'm going to read you another passage that's very similar to that one. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, 13 to 22. It says this, Be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace. Love one another. Walk in unity, eagerly. Right? We've seen this in Ephesians chapter 5. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idol. Okay, speak, see, speak loving words to them, admonishing them because they're idle, idolatrous, seeking the things of the world, greedy to practice it. So we need to admonish them. That's what we're called to as a follower of Jesus. That's the, the will of the Lord. Encourage the faint hearted, Help the weak, be patient with them all, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, the will of the Lord, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What an amazing passage. It tells you right there, first Thessalonians five. And it continues, it says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to the things that are wise. Abstain from evil, every form of evil. Very familiar to our text today and to the passage of Ephesians chapter four. See, we're called not to be a fool, but to know the will of God. Let's go to the last sentence the last sentence, being filled with the Spirit, 18 to 21. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So walk carefully in wisdom, Walk carefully in wisdom, using your time wisely because the days are evil, right? Be filled, but know the will of the Lord and now be filled with the Spirit. Again, this sentence is filled with instruction, but what does being filled with the Spirit mean? Let me share what one author says. <clears throat> the word filled actually means to be directed, think about this, this language, directed and empowered by the Spirit. Directed and empowered by the Spirit. Since the Holy Spirit came to glorify Christ, remember the Holy Spirit's whole job is to glorify and lift up Christ. That's his job, to point us to Jesus. Jesus, to glorify and honor the Father. So we have like a, all the way back to the Father, glorifying him. So glorify Christ and is the Spirit of Christ. To be filled with the Spirit then is to be filled with or abiding in Christ, to walk in wisdom. To abide in Christ is to live in dependence upon him, recognizing that it is his life, his wisdom, his resources, his strength, and his ability operating, get this, through you. Through you. And it goes on to say, which enables you to live according to his will. Christ lives in us and expresses his life through us by the power of his spirit. Jesus does not want uh, you to live the Christian life. Hear this. He wants to live the Christian life through you. This is being filled with the Spirit. Galatians 2.20 says it this way, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, directing and empowering me through his Spirit to walk in wisdom. So filling of the Spirit is the directed empowerment of God in and through you in and through you. Let's go back to our text now. So and do not get drunk with wine. Friends, this is not a drinking passage. So don't use it as a drinking passage. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Like walking, Paul is using drinking as an opportunity to teach us something. So we are not to be drunk with wine, for this is a sign of letting go of control. Okay. Drinking is letting go of control. It's, it's diving into something that takes your inhibitions away. It, it takes your control away. It, it, it's literally a serving of self and your self-comforts. It's a giving of your felt needs. It's taking something and just going, I'm going to indulge myself with this, whether it be drinking or something else. He's just, Paul is just using this as an opportunity to teach us something. And he uses the word debauchery, which is like uh, over and above. Like it's, it's a feeling, it's a, it's a going after. It's like an idolized um, usage and a license to get more. Going back to chapter four, it talks about like get greedy for this kind of practice. This is what Paul is trying to awaken us. Don't get directed and empowered by the things of this world, which is like debauchery. You, you're allowing yourself, you're licensing yourself to get actually more of it but rather be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit that will empower you and direct you. If you're empowered by the things of this world, you're gonna walk in foolishness. This is a massive warning to us. How are we walking? Walking in foolishness, heaping it on, giving yourself license to do more of it, or are you walking in the Spirit of God? See the contrast. Paul is trying to awaken us. It's the little tiny steps that we take throughout the day that lead us into these things. And we need to be awakened. We need so desperately community. So desperately. I would love for us the the community that was happening at the start of today was amazing. It just was like during Jordan singing That was the problem, right? So please come earlier so we can enjoy when Jordan gets up here and starts singing and we can worship together with him. So come a little bit earlier so we can have that fellowship. It was just so sweet. Those are sweet moments of time together. So like there are outcomes of living in darkness, there are also outcomes of living in the light and being filled with the Spirit of God. And this is the remainder, I want to close with this. So those outcomes of living in this is like of the world, like we see it all around us and maybe we even see it in ourselves and maybe you don't, maybe you're blinded to it or something and and you see that maybe I'm giving myself license that I've never noticed before and I'm I'm drawing into this stuff and it's entrapped me and I'm enslaved to it and I just keep going back and I'm starting to see the values that I give to this, the time that I give to this. And the call is to repent of that. God is faithful in his forgiveness. Remember chapter or verse one of this chapter. Right? So there's there's this fruit, but there's also fruit of the Spirit. So when you're filled with the Spirit and you're empowered and directed to, to give him glory and to praise his name, look at the rest of our passage. Look at the rest of this sentence. What happens? You sing psalms together. You hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody within your heart. It's beautiful. You give thanks for everything. You submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I'm doing this because of look at how much Jesus has done for me. How can I not revere you as a fellow follower of Jesus Christ? like my friend took me on a walk backwards, which made me think carefully about every step. <clears throat> Man, may we, may we walk thinking about every single step that we're taking today, this week, and the months to come. Being careful of how we walk. Unwisely, Or wisely. Being faithful with the usage of our time because the days are evil. Knowing the will of the Lord. Knowing the will of the Lord and then and then accomplishing it. Being filled with the Holy Spirit that we might sing songs of praise out of our heart. Giving thanks to everything because it's all a gift from the Lord and submitting to one another out of reverence for Him. May we do this. May we be a church like this. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. I love your instructions that they're sometimes hard because they hit moments of our lives that that we need to change and change is incredibly hard Lord we battle within our hearts making excuses or it's not that bad or but yet we we need help we need community we need We need people to come alongside us and see and we also need to see for others and for that agenda for change, the agenda to become more like you, Jesus. That is our want. So help us, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. Direct us back to Jesus that we might use our time wisely. That we will put aside, that we put off the things of this world for the sake of your name to praise your name, to worship your name and to look forward to your return. So I just pray for this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.